In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland, and I'm back with my co-host, Jack. It feels like it's been ages. Jack, how are you, buddy? It does feel like it's been ages, and I'm not podcasting with the normal Paul. I've got some Eminem lookalike. He's dyed his hair, bleach blonde, just like OBJ. Well, yeah, it hasn't really worked out the way I wanted, but anyway, OBJ's got like nice wavy curls and i've got like a receding hairline so uh, but anyway this is not a hairdressing podcast jack what's been going on this week so it's been quite a bit going on this week the first signing we made since we last podcast was a signing we actually discussed a couple of months ago and i said i think will happen austin charles is back in the building excellent he is a friend of the show and uh, often listens and uh, he was going to come on the show but Maybe that ruins my surprise. Tomorrow, I have got a Browns player on the roster coming on the show. So uh, I've been holding back, bringing a, a player on, and I've done it with a unique twist. So make sure you listen to tomorrow's show. Now, um, the Austin Charles one's an interesting signing that I said I think will happen. And the, the reason why I think he comes on probably somewhere near a vet minimum deal. And then there's a straight fight between him and Seth to Valve. And I think that's a battle for starting fullback and sort of tight end four. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting one. I think both have got a good shot. I think Seth's talent is slightly more, but the injury risk will probably cost him the job. Isn't Orson's physique better for like blocking though? Yeah, it depends what you, it depends what you want to be using that player for. And since none of us really know what the Freddie offense is going to be, it's tough to judge. Um, we saw eight games, but that was eight games with um, Todd Haley's playbook um, where he was just taking the stuff he liked from it. So he's going to sit down with Todd Munkin and they're going to scheme up some stuff. So I don't think there's going to be much use of a fullback. Um, so I think it's whichever one does a better job as a, a second blocking tight end um, behind Harris. Yeah, for me, it sounds like Orson's got the job. But anyway, you think... Obviously, Seth's got better hands, potentially more of a wide receiver. Good. Who else? We we signed other players this week we haven't discussed. So, with uh, next one along the line is Morgan Burnett was signed, who is a strong safety from the Steelers. He was released and then signed to a two-year, nine million deal with four million guaranteed. Yeah, everyone's saying online that that's a big deal for this player. Yeah. Yeah, for me. He's the perfect sort of signing I'd want to be the backup to whoever that starting strong safety will be. So replacing Kindred, great move. I'm happy with that. But for me, he's not that starting guy. So I think we should have been paying probably around the two to three million range. Um, and now we're paying sort of 4.5 million. So I think, I'm not sure if they view him as the starter, which I, I, don't, I don't think he's good enough if you want to be a Super Bowl winning team. You need a better starting strong safety. Yeah, so let me get this right. We had Kindred who was, let's just talk PEFF. He was around 90th. 90th. 
And Burnett is... Uh, Burnett is the late 50s. I'll get an exact number on that. Okay, um, so we're now paying double what we're paying for Kindred for this player, yeah? Yeah, just over double, um, which is, yeah, it's disappointing, but it is what it is. Um, it's happened. Um, I've moved maybe, on. Maybe we're looking at this too close mind. Maybe he had a bad season last year and they see potential of him being that starting player. If we're playing, if we're paying that money, four million, he's got to be starting, surely. Oh, he he will be starting. Um, it's just, is he good enough to be that starting chap? Um, it's one we'll, we'll we will find out. Um, I think we could have done better. Um, it takes it less of a need off of the draft because he's got that starter money. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, it's still a move that they make. It's just the amount of guaranteed money. So it was a 53rd rated safety last year. So if we just look at that safety room, mate, and safety room always confuses me. We've got uh, Rend- Randall. Yep. Uh, Eric Murray. Burnett. Yeah. And yeah. then Whitehead and Sanko aren't going to make the 53. Whitehead, maybe? No? Um, no, they're going to draft somebody. Um, okay. So... There'll be a draft let's, pick let's there. Say they, they say they draft someone in round five. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So how would you see that safety room then actually looking week one if everyone was fit? So Randall's just starting free safety, which will be deeper because most NFL off, uh, defenses will have one high. Um, yeah. Then you're going to have Morgan Burnett, who's going to be your strong safety that will come down, play quite a bit in the box. And Murray will mainly be a special teams player from what we've heard, um, but can do a, a backup job um, if called upon. Um, just isn't his best stuff. But in all honesty, it depends what Wilkes wants to do. If Wilkes wants to add extra defensive backs, you could probably see Burnett and Murray start maybe in some packages, not the majority of snaps, but you're going to see them in packages. Or they could draft another strong safety and then a sort of strong safety that could also play free to back up Randall. And then you could have packages, which is Randall pick at say 49 or even um, in the third round and Burnett. And you could start all three of them. So no one really knows what Wilkes is going to do. There's some people guessing that are much more intelligent than me, like Jake Burns, but uh, no one knows what he fancies because his two defenses um, over the last two years have been, opposite ends of the scale lots of blitzing is the only common thread but um there's <laughs> lots of movement with uh how many linebackers how many safeties how many dbs he plays so greg williams is you know foundations are in blitz 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 yeah um but it was blitzing from five or six dbs rather than three linebackers like um two years ago the greg williams and um Wilkes' defense were very, very similar. Um, but that's changed because he had three awesome linebackers, so he played three linebackers. Last year, it was very much five and six defensive backs. So it's going to be fascinating. I cannot wait to see what he does um, because there are options here. Awesome. And who else we signed? Thanks for explaining that, Jack. No worries. So we signed the top player in the AAF, Garrett Gilbert, quarterback. Um, and he used to play in high school, well, the same high school as Baker. Um, but he's bounced around the NFL before. Um, so you're probably looking at potentially your fourth 
quarterback. He, he's probably going to start camp as the fourth quarterback and battle to try go up the list. Um, but he's been at the St. Louis Rams, New England Patriots, Detroit Lions, Oakland Raiders, Carolina Panthers, Orlando Apollos. So um, most of them were off-season stuff. It was only the Panthers he was actually on the roster during the season. So um, no one's expecting anything from him. He's going to start as third or fourth quarterback. And maybe they get someone on day uh, three late on um, or pick up a UDFA and let them battle it out. You might scrape on as the third QB on the roster. I'd always carry three. Um, but let's see what they do. So no expectations from him, but it uh, seems like a good chap. Wasn't he the best AFFA quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sounds like a... Uh, a reasonably good risk to take if he's playing well then why not why not give him that shot obviously the time difference in the AAF versus the uh, NFL is going to be a huge difference so Jack just in my head we've only got we've got three quarterbacks at the moment in in house so he could be our third quarterback there's no reason why yeah yeah, most teams will go into camp with four quarterbacks mainly just as camp arm um because you don't want to burn out a player like Baker. So um, they're going to add somebody else, whether it's a um, late draft pick or a um, UDFA. There'll be another name added. And then you you get about two and a half quarterbacks on average um, on NFL rosters. So they could go the two quarterback route. I'd always favor the three of having one starter, one backup veteran, and then one youngster who you're hoping develops because if they develop, then you're laughing. Stanton, is he safe? I think he's for the time being. Um, for me, keep him for one more year. There's nothing to lose. Obviously, if Garrett Gilbert say beats him out, then you can have that conversation. But I, I'll just keep Stanton. Do you think they will be fighting for that number two uh, spot every week, or Stanton will always get it? Uh, whoever I think who he, he just seems far too sensible, Freddie Kitchen. So whoever starts with it, that's going to be set. It's not going to be like Hugh Jackson, where yeah, every the media are asking every week who's going to be the backup quarterback to Deshaun Kaiser, where it just became a farce. So, now whoever it is going to be, they'll probably be that for the whole season unless something dramatically changes. All right, excellent. Is, oh, we also signed, I'll let you say, a wide receiver, mate. Yeah, DSG. So, I'm going to give it a go. Damon Shigaseppi. It's probably completely wrong. Um, he is just a punt and a kick returner kickoff returner I cannot see him taking a single snap at wide receiver um, and I don't think he even makes 53 I think it's purely a player to run around for them to practice um, special teams in the offseason good luck to him I'd like to be proved wrong but I have no intention if in my roster building of ever keeping a spot open for kick or punt returners Um, I just I don't really see that much value in it. Um, you've got enough someone elusive like, players. Someone like Strong is going to beat him out all day long, yeah? Well, in terms of kick returner, this guy is going to be better. But for me, yeah, I'd, I'd, you can find someone elusive who's your sort of, sort of, what, say, fifth, sixth wide receiver. Um, so get him doing a bit of both. Who can you see being our punt return, kick returner now? Uh, we've lost Peppers. Um, who knows? They're not going to go someone as big as OBJ. Um, Landry could do it, uh, potentially. Um, 
there's a there's a few in there. Um, at the end of the day, I I do what Bill Belichick does. He says we just kick the ball up, and whoever kicks uh, catches it and does the best job, they're the returner. And um, yeah, just just have sort of a hour at the end of practice, start lumping them up in the air and see what happens. Yeah, I think um, OBJ would be too um, too delicate to do that, right? Yeah, obviously, if it's a sort of key moment where there's a punt and you're in a must-win game in the end of the fourth quarter, by all means, stick him back there and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be risking a player like that on a normal um, punt return. And to be fair, let's just see what happens. And it's not an import, that important a position, um, and especially the way they've changed kickoffs and everything else. It's designed that minimal impact and a minimal amount of return. Awesome. And Jack, what else has been going on? Have I missed any players though? Because there's been quite a few players coming in. I think that's all the players that have came in. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a couple gone under the radar. Um, mainly because sometimes I'm out partying and uh, the news happens and by the next day I look that some minor player has been signed and I missed it. But uh, I think that is where we're at. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. One interesting stat on one of my polls this week, 59% thought it was awesome news that we signed Morgan Burnett and 41% were not sure about it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's a fair position to be in because we know we needed to upgrade that strong safety position. Fans just aren't sure if he's the answer. Um, and the front office have decided he is the answer and they're willing to pay him to be the answer. It's going to be one of them, which we'll see what happens. Um, Pete Smith was discussing that you've got um, Wilkes like sometimes using that sort of strong safety and sort of as the third linebacker. But uh, he was saying apparently one of the reasons he was released by the Steelers was because he hated playing that position. So that might change um, or it, it could be because he is going to be a strong safety. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all clicks together on both offense and defense because no one knows what Freddie's going to do. No one knows what Wilkes is going to do. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of 11 personnel. I think we're going to see a lot more of a two, four, two, five defense. Um, and from there, let's see. Hopefully the blitzing's down and the uh, nickel and dime is up. Awesome. And Fox Sports have got this big uh, battle, Browns versus the bots, I mean the Titans. <laughs> and, mate, I'm going to put you under some pressure now, Jack. Um, we've got nearly 200,000 uh, votes. We're 70% and the Titans are 30%. How much are they going to have to buy bots to break even with us? So, to catch us, they're going to need off the top of my head, 80,000 bots. So uh, they're going to need some serious GoFundMe pages out there. So uh, if you're a Titans fan, go support your brethren at the bot army and um, see what you can do. Um, but no, it's, it's all a, a good laugh. Um, I think lots of fans from other teams are sick of the way they manage to just creep through with bots and jump in on the uh, Browns bandwagon. So, uh, yep, if you haven't voted in the Fox poll, um, it's probably near the top on Paul's Twitter and go and find it, go and vote. Let's make sure we're the number one fan base in NFL. 
yeah, it's going to be really controversial if we sit there for four days at 70% steady Eddie, and then suddenly they beat us 51, 49% with buying 90,000 bots. You know, that's just going to be clearly daylight robbery. So uh, I think we're in a very self- safe position because it's not fluctuating at all the last two days. So The key thing is we're going to get more wins than them this season. And if they win a poll and we win a playoff game, I'll take that. I'm very competitive, Jack. I don't like losing. <laughs> right. On to the draft. So draft season is nearly here. We, it, we were so busy this week. The mock, uh, the mock draft didn't happen, but uh, it should be back next week. But um, we'll go straight in with 49. Yeah, we had um, Jim Brown's daughter on to replace the uh, mock draft this week. So we will do it again next week. We are getting closer. Jack, is it two weeks? No, three weeks away till draft weekend. Uh, yeah, it sounds about right. Um, yeah. And obviously... Two weeks and a day to my... Uh, Avengers Day. Two weeks and a day to the NFL London mock draft that I'm planning with the rest of the fans. And next week is Game of Thrones. So um, I've got Bo Bishop coming on talking about Game of Thrones. And I'm going to try and do a hype video. For Game of Thrones or for the Browns? Yeah. <laughs> Browns and Game of Thrones. So my seventh... Pick in the second round. I'm going with a cornerback, David Long. I'm afraid to say uh, Ohio from Michigan. I'm I'm also on the cornerback train. I think it just makes too much sense to um, cornerback there, and then a choice probably between three tech and strong safety at um, the next pick. So I'm going cornerback Justin Lane out of Michigan State. Okay. I don't know if he'll be there, but uh, that's where I'm at at the minute. But uh, I wouldn't rule out a trade-up for Jeffrey Simmons. I just think if he's there day two, then um, watch that phone because Dorsey's going to be ringing it. Um, Hooker Armani, safety. Uh, yep. he, was, he was someone else I thought. But then I thought, we've just signed and paid a lot of money for this safety. Maybe he could you know, like come through the ranks. But uh, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be some somewhere deep in the secondary where we need s- some uh, manpower. Yeah, I think secondary and three tech are the most obvious positions for that 49th pick. Um, I just, yeah, I just hope it's not linebacker because um, I'd prefer to add more DBs. Uh, the other one to keep an eye on could be offensive tackle. Um, if there's someone they legitimately like, grab them at 49. I don't care who else is on the board. Um, if they think Yodney produces the guy and Yodney's there, go for it. Um, so, no, I wouldn't rule out offensive tackle, but um, there's a long way to go still. You had an interesting post yesterday, buddy. Looking at the average cap hit by position for the top three players from 2011 to 2019. What did you find with that research? So I was very much just looking at top of the market players and seeing trends between different positions um, and what those numbers are. The obvious big faller was the running back position that's lost basically 50% of its value over the last eight years, which is a massive decline. Um, You've had a slight increase in quarterbacks. um, Wide receivers are down about a percent. Tight ends has held incredibly steady 
Um, tackle is actually down, which is a surprise for me. I consider that be a position strong. It's not down much. It's just ticked down a tiny bit. Guard and center, the prices have gone up. I think because there's more respect um, for what interior defenders can do. And obviously, if the ball's getting out quicker, if you can get an interior disruptor, it makes a big difference. Um, edge defender is down um, by about a percent. Interior defender is up by about one, um, about one percent, one and a half. Linebacker um, has fluctuated. Um, so it's more or less where it is was. Cornerback is very steady, had a peak a couple of years back, um, but flatlined. And safety is up. So um, it's been sort of a resurgence of the safety position. I think that'll be there to stay. Kickers um, has held steady. Punters is actually down. Um, so teams looking to save an extra percent of the salary cap on their punters. So um, no, hop over to my Twitter. Um, I just put out some odd graphs here and there. Um, just of interesting stuff I find. So I just went through, looked at the top three because I'm not sort of interested in depth. I'm talking top of the market players um, and those numbers. And another interesting thing to note in the quarterback, just because these players are getting paid big money, some of them aren't very good. There was lots of quarterbacks up there in the top three who were getting paid like elite quarterbacks. They weren't. And it's the worst thing to have is sort of a non-elite quarterback taking top three money. Um, I don't think that's an issue we're going to have with Baker. He's going to get top three money, but he's probably going to be a top five quarterback. So um, no, if he continues his projection, go for it. You just never want to be like the Bengals um, or the Raiders who have got a great QB, sort of 10 to 15 range, but they're paying them like a top five. Um, you're much better having the rookie. So um, no, fingers crossed, Baker develops, Baker gets paid and everything's fine. Yeah, interesting uh, thing this week, especially Miles Garrett will be looking at this. Demarcus Lawrence, hundred and five million uh, over yeah over five years deal. So uh, Garrett must be going. Payday's coming one day. Yeah, the um, three most expensive positions um, is quarterback, is edge rusher, and then I believe it was wide receiver. And that's one thing the Browns are going to face, which will be an issue because. The Patriots keep three expensive players, but it's a QB on sort of a, a cheaper contract. It's been a tight end in Rob Gronkowski, which is a very cheap market. And it's been a player, say, like Devin McCordy, who is cheap in the grand scheme of it because it's not the most expensive position. So it is going to be very interesting in the future if they do try and keep sort of Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, OBJ on long contracts. Um, because over a four-year period, if those three players are taking, let's say, 37% of the salary cap plus maybe even 40% between the three of them, you're going to have some seriously weak roster behind them. So uh, it's certainly a concern. Um, and yeah, fans will hate me for saying it, but uh, it's something that they'll have to think about. And there's nothing wrong with trading one of those elite players, getting two first round picks and continuing to add talent. Look at what the Patriots have done. They've moved talented players on and continue to be awesome because it's about making the tough decisions that fantastic teams have to make. Question for you, Jack. How long can we keep this roster together as the talent that's in the room at the moment? Is it two, three years? It's two years at the moment because we're at a 13% overspending the salary cap. Um, uh, that might have gone up after the Burnett signing, so I'd need to redo the numbers. But uh, if we're getting to, say, the 15% and then 15% next year overspend, 
then we've got to then bring 15% off the NFL salary cap. And we've got to start re-signing some players like Garrett and other ones. So the roster we've got at the moment, probably in two years' time, we're talking nearly 50% of our starters have got to be replaced with rookie picks. And that is no easy challenge in three drafts to replace sort of, let's say, eight players who are starters with rookie picks and then not re-sign many of those players or or any of those players. So it's a tough challenge, but uh, it's going to be an interesting one to follow. And good teams getting rid of great players is the sign of a team that's going to sustain success. If you try re-sign all your top players and then kill the middle of your roster, you're going to hit the floor. Um, Yeah, you'll float around and you might scrape into the playoffs every couple of years, but we want more than that. We want to be a playoff team making playoff wins every single year. And that's going to require tough decisions, but um, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, uh, Dee Podesta is uh, in charge and got his hands on the reins. Yeah, that's why I was a little bit surprised with the safety deal week because we kind of added more to the cap with that deal where I thought Trey Boston was going to come in at 1.3, for example, and we make a... uh, a 0.7 saving on the cap. I, I, I love Trey Boston. And uh, if Trey Boston's willing to take a deal of, say, um, three years, um, five mil a year, I would sign him and look to move Randall on. Um, and that's not going to be popular with people. But I think they're at a similar level, if not slightly better in Trey Boston's favour. Um, Randall's obviously got the advantage of being flexible, can play corner. Um, and for me, if... If I can get similar production at half the price, I'm taking that because that's not even 90% production at similar price. That's 100% production, half the price. You've got to make them moves and it'll be ruthless. The Browns aren't going to do it. But Trey Boston and Randall, I don't think it'll work that as well together as a pair. So I can understand why they went in a different direction. Yeah, I've been watching Trey Boston moaning about things all week on Twitter. Um, It sounds like he wants to get paid. Then he wants to go on holiday for a year to be a dad. So... uh... Yeah, interesting there. Uh, good luck to the guy. Um, I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere, but uh, he's done a couple of prove-it deals. And uh, no, have a fantastic rest of your holiday, Paul. And, well, it's my uh, last day, mate, so no need to rub it in my face like that, Jack. Oh. You know it's my last day. and No, it's been a really good holiday, thanks. And uh, Go do a bit of skiing. Yeah, I'm, I'm jump- I've been on the snowboard for six days, and today I'm jumping on the skis. So if you want to have a laugh, Go watch my Instagram. I'm going to put some skis on for the first time. I'm going to go top of the mountain and try and come down. So um, that will be funny. If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's paulbrown underscore UK. And I've also uploaded a new vlog. I haven't really pushed it because I've been on holiday. So uh, yeah, go look, check out my YouTube. It's a more of a comedy rather than anything serious. All right. Have a wicked time, buddy. And I'll see you when you get back to England. Awesome, mate. We've got huge shows next week. Huge big guests. So I'm really looking forward to it. Actually, we've got two weeks of big guests. So uh, keep subscribing. Keep uh, listening to the show. Keep giving us feedback. We're listening to your DMs all the time, how to change and improve. So don't be scared to say if you like a change or try something different. And, uh, yeah, go from there. Woke up feeling dangerous. <laughs>